Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Even then, in the moment of his toughest hour, when I would have probably said, can you just let me die in peace? And yet, in the midst of that, King Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So I think it's safe to say that as the kingdom of God, we have a good king in place who's Jesus. Every kingdom has a domain, has an area to rule, has a particular geographical location. It's a place of absolute control. King has absolute control over the resources, over the organizations, the administrations, and the people of that particular kingdom. And it takes incredible wisdom to rule that vast size of the domain. And that's good news. Because not only Jesus is a king, he's also a wise king as well. All power and wisdom have been given to him. First Corinthians says it like this, this, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Colossians 2 says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All knowledge and understanding and wisdom is found in Jesus Christ, and that's good news because he's the king of the domain. I like this. He says not only does he have wisdom, but he has all wisdom. That means he's qualified. He's qualified to be the king. In World War II, kind of like the stories of World War II as a history buff, there was a battle called the Battle of Dunkirk. It was a battle that the English people celebrate, but if you realize and understand the story behind it, that Germany was literally taking over. They had come through France. They were headed to England. They got to the Battle of Dunkirk, and the British forces and the French forces were literally decimated. Hitler's Germany was just literally, it was so easy for Hitler, all that he had done to get to this particular point. But when they got to the Battle of Dunkirk, Hitler stopped, and he paused. And when he did not know if he would have just continued on, he would have taken England, and he would have taken all of Europe. But for some reason, he stopped. And for some reason, he backed off. He thought, this is too easy. This battle that we're fighting is too easy. So he thought it was a trap, so he backed off. And thus changed the course of World War II. All because he just didn't have enough wisdom to pursue when he should have pursued and not stop when he should have gone forward. But see, the thing is, is I've got this king named Jesus, and he doesn't have limited wisdom. He doesn't have partial wisdom. He doesn't listen to all the people around him to get his wisdom. He has all godly wisdom. And that means that he's well qualified to lead this domain and to be the king of the kingdom of God. Every every kingdom has a constitution. A constitution. Something that causes those group of people It's the covenant of a king with his citizens. It expresses the mind and will of the king for his citizens in the kingdom. It's the king's written governing laws, rights, and privileges for his people. It tells the people what the responsibilities are to the king and the king's responsibilities to the people. The reason the United States is the greatest land that's ever been known to mankind is because they have the greatest constitution that's ever been given to man. But do you know as wonderful as that constitution is that gives me and you the rights that we have today? The rights to assemble today, the rights to have freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, the right to assemble if we see a a need that arises. But there's a greater constitution in this world. It's called the Word of God. 
And as wonderful as the U.S. Constitution is, it's only 250 to 300 years old. This thing is before the foundation of the world. This word was in existence. It's 40 writers. Come on, JBQers. 40 writers over how many years? About 1,600 years. And unbeknownst to each one of those writers, all of them, when they put their books together, it tells the perfect story of the history and the life and the future of this one, the king called King Jesus. These people that came together to write this book, never has a biography been so detailed as the Word of God. They've torn it up. They've burned it. They've criticized it. They've outlawed it. They've done everything to it. And yet it's still the most widely printed, published book in the history of mankind. Never has a book withstood time like this book right here, the Word of God. It's said of Voltaire in the 1700s. He was a French philosopher, a historian, a free thinker. He became the most influential and prolific writer during what was called the Age of Enlightenment. He wrote more than 20,000 pamphlets, letters, 2,000 pamphlets. He had books. He was a successful playwright. Here's what he had to say about the Bible and the Word of God over 300 years ago. The Bible. This is what fools have written, what imbeciles command, what rogues teach and young children are made to learn by heart. He says, we are living in the twilight of Christianity. He says, Christianity is the most ridiculous, the most absurd, the bloodiest religion that has ever infected the world. My one regret in dying is that I cannot aid you in this noble enterprise of expirating the world of this infamous superstition. He said this before he passed away. He said, 100 years from my day, there will not be a Bible on earth except one that is looked upon by antiquarian curiosity seekers. He made it his life's mission to get rid of this constitution right here. History tells us that within 50 years of his death, in an ironic twist of providence, the very house that he lived in became a printing press of the Evangelical Society of Geneva. It was a storehouse for Bibles and gospel tracts. The same printing press he used to, to print his pamphlets and his books was then used to print the Bible that was taken and sent to all of Europe. So when you start thinking that you know more than God, when you start thinking that your, your, your doctrine, your constitution is better than God's constitution, let me tell you, got another thing coming. It's the most published, the most translated, the most printed book in the history of the world. If you're going to build your life on anything, build it upon this book right here. Now, some of you are going, okay, I thought you had a scripture. Now, if you'll go to Mark chapter 4 and look at verse number 21, the whole chapter of Mark talks about the kingdom of God. When you go home this week, it's a great book that Jesus wrote about this kingdom. He used three different parables. Jesus told stories. It doesn't matter your age or how long you've been a student of the Bible. Jesus wrote a book with parables, with stories that will help us all to understand. You know, the first one, the first story is about the sower that goes out to sow. Then he talks about a farmer. Then he talks about a, a, a mustard seed, a mustard tree. So they're great stories, but I want to hone in on verse number 21. And after he's just told the story of the parable of the sower, he says this. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. 
With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. He just gives us a, uh, an insight and a principle about the kingdom of God and about the word of God. He says in verse 20, 24, consider carefully what you hear. That means any time the Constitution is read, any time the Constitution is preached, any time the Constitution is taught, pay attention to what you are hearing. Did y'all see that? I didn't make that up, right? You said, he said, pay attention to what you hear. And then he gives us another principle about the Word of God that will help you. He says this, he says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from him. The principle is this. The more you understand, the more you, excuse me, the more you read, the more you understand. The less you read, the less you understand. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So when it comes to the Bible, the more that you read it, the more that you understand it. The less that you read it, the less you understand it. So when people say, I cannot understand the Bible, this is going to sting. It's because you're not reading it. Because the more you read it, the principle is, the more you understand it. See, the thing in in this world, it's different in this world, because in this world, the principle of the world is, if you've got something, and somebody doesn't have something, we give it to them, right? If somebody doesn't have something, they take it from somebody else. That's not God's way. God's way, if you've got it, you get more. If you don't got it, I'll take what you got and give it to the one that has more. See, the principle is this, and that's why in JBQ, you ever notice how the kids that, that just understand it, they understand it quicker and quicker and quicker? The kids who always study, they just seem to get it quicker. First, it's hard for them to get the interruption points. Anybody still with me? I may have lost some people when I start talking about Bible quiz. And then they can't understand the questions. And then they, can't get the, they, don't, they don't get the memory, the, the memory verses. Why is that? See, the thing is, is the more that they understand it, the more they do it, the quicker it comes. Because that's the principle about the kingdom of God. So I had lunch this week with a, um, a man who is 30 years my senior, a minister. And uh, so we just sat down with the Bible. He had his Bible, and, I got, and we just talked the Word of God. And uh, the more we talked, and this man's been probably, oh, maybe 65 years has been a minister. Uh, but the more we talked, the more I realized how little of the Bible I really know. That I would encourage you, but, you know, being that, that I'm, the, I'm the pastor, right? But you can never get enough of the Constitution. You can never understand it enough. There's, let me tell you, long when we get to heaven, long as you get in there, the Word of God will still be teaching and growing me and you in the kingdom of God. So we see this in the Scriptures. We see that the, the kingdom of God has a king. It has a, has a domain. It has a constitution. And this is the part that I really like. There's benefits and privileges of being in the kingdom. There's benefits and privileges of being in the kingdom. As an American citizen, 
You can't be tried for a crime without them providing you an attorney. You might know that. You might have heard somebody tell that to you. You're entitled to a speedy trial. In other words, they can't stick you in jail and wait for you to, for your trial for five years. You have to have a, you have a right to a speedy trial. You have a right to bear arms, to protect yourself, to protect your family. Do you have a right to say what you would like without fear of retribution? There are benefits and rights and privileges about being in the United States of America. But just, as a, just like that, as a Christian, there are rights and privileges to being a part of the kingdom of God. Can I tell you some of those rights and those privileges that are yours? Amen. First of all, you have a right to go to a place called heaven. When we got the news of, of, of Brother Hoover, Mr. Hoover's death, and I don't know if you've ever had that, that kind of news, it's, you'll, you, you would agree with me, it's the hardest news you could ever get. It really is. And in that moment when you're experiencing loss and grief and, and, and just emptiness, and there's just no way to explain it unless you've been there. And so much to the, so to the point that in my mind you, you can't even speak, you don't even know how to pray. And in my mind I just sat there, and tears coming down my face, and I, I said, God, this is so hard, you're going to have to help me. Couldn't even say it out loud. And then I got a word from God. It's real simple. And the word was, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because even in the toughest, hardest times of life, God has still the constitution of the kingdom of God has still provided a place called heaven to defeat death, hell, and the grave. Don't you ever think that this is all there is, y'all. Don't ever think that this is, this is the best that we can ever have. For the Christian, for the believer, for the unbeliever, this is the best as it's going to get. For the Christian, the best is yet to come. As wonderful as you think, oh, I love having family and I love friends and I love this world, it ain't nothing compared to what Bob Hoover saw the, yesterday morning when he got to the other side of glory. How wonderful and marvelous it was. As we, led, as we cried tears over here and as we weeped, wept on this side, as we, as we sent him off, those on the other side were rejoicing and shouting and praising. I can't help but wonder. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you'll just let me do one thing, if I could play, replay a tape of the moment that he walked through the, per, the, the gates of glory, just to see his face when he saw Jesus, when he saw all his friends and his family, when he saw his, his Celeste, his, his wife. She probably said something smart. <laughs> Robert Hoover, what took you so long to get here? <laughs> But if I could just go back and replay as he walked through and he saw the streets of gold and everything you and I have learned about it and everything we've pictured in our mind and he saw it for real. And all of a sudden he saw the, the gates of pearl and, and all the, the, the jewels that are all around the kingdom as he saw all the glory and the angels and everything we just see through a glass partly and he got to see it face to face. And I wonder when he got to see Jesus, we've sang about him, we've preached about him, we've talked about him, we've worked for him, but Robert Hoover got to see him face to face. And if that doesn't get you excited, my friend, 
I want you to know something. That's just a privilege of the kingdom of God. Another privilege of the kingdom of God is salvation. And that's just forgiveness for all the things that you've done that were wrong. Salvation is the very thing that God gave to us that we could be in a right relationship with him. It's just a benefit of being a born-again believer. Deliverance is another benefit. The things that used to hold you back don't have to hold you back anymore. The things that hold the world captive, the things that alcohol and drugs, addiction, jealousy, malice, rage, self-pity, shame, all those things, the things that hold people back, you and I have victory over that in the kingdom of God. Listen, if you're stuck in something, you don't have to stay stuck. Because one of the benefits of the kingdom of God is that you get to be free and free indeed. Healing is another one of the benefits of the kingdom of God. Can I stop here just a minute, talk about healing for a minute? There are many that say this, that healing is not for today. Say that healing is is not a part of the the latter-day church. It was for the apostles, but it went away. The Bible tells me this, and I need to put that to rest once and for all. The Bible says that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed back then, he'll heal today. And if he heals today, he'll heal tomorrow. And you say, what kind of healing is that? The kind of where you feel better. The Bible says in the Old Testament there was a time where the people, and and many times we think, well, Jesus can heal certain types of people, but he can't heal other types of people. Many times people will say these same things like this is, you know what, it's my fault that I'm in the position I'm in, condition I'm in. Maybe I smoked for so many years, or maybe I've eaten the wrong kinds of food, or, you know, I just accidentally did something and, and had an accident. It's just my fault. Jesus even heals those kinds of infirmities as well. There was a day in the children of Israel, they got to complaining. And, I, and I'm glad God doesn't do this anymore because he sent snakes to bite all the complainers. <laughs> and as he sat there and the people repented before God, he told Moses, he said, I want you to take this serpent, make it of brass, and put it on a pole. And every person who looks will be healed. So the people that were bitten by the snakes, they began to look and see the, the serpent that Moses had put on the pole, and they became healed. And it was a picture, the Bible tells us, of what Jesus would do when he hung upon the cross and died for not only our sins, but of our sicknesses as well. And the same Jesus, listen to me, American church, the same Jesus that heals in Africa, the same Jesus who heals in Acts, the same Jesus who heals around the world is the same Jesus will heal you here today because it's a benefit of the kingdom of God. And I want you to know this, that I believe that God still heals and God still performs miracles. I believe that God still heals and God still performs miracles. I believe that God still heals and God still performs miracles. I believe it's not for yesterday, I believe it's for today. And I believe it's for whosoever will, whoever will believe. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, To them that believe, these signs shall follow them. Are there any believers in the kingdom of God in the house today? Is there anybody that still believes that he's a savior? Is there anybody that still believes he's a deliverer? Is there anybody that still believes he's a baptizer? Is there anybody that still believes he heals people's bodies? Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today ecstatic 
that we can be a part of the kingdom of God. It was paid for by the blood of Christ, something that's not just out there in the world, but you said it's on the inside of us. I pray in the name of Jesus that every single kingdom-minded person today will come with faith and believe that God will do what God said he will do, that the king of our kingdom, the one who's over our domain, the one who wrote the Constitution, the one that's here today and alive and well today would meet us here and that there would be people who would believe it by faith. I pray this and ask it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question before we come. And you would say this, and you would be honest. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm trying to be honest with you. And you're, honestly, you would say, I'm not where I need to be with God. You say, well, I've been there before, preacher. I've done that before, and I just can't seem to make it work. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about today. Because, see, the, the tragedy would be is that if you never got to see Robert Hoover again, <laughs> that'd be the biggest tragedy. But it always starts right here where we are right now. Because it starts where you just say, God, listen, I need to get right with you today. And I'm not asking you what's happened in the past. You may have one time been in a, in a, involved in a church. I, I don't know what it might be. I just want to ask you the question right now, am I right where I need to be with God? Because in just one, one second, I want to pray. And I want you to mean this from your heart. Be honest with God. Because I promise you this, just as soon as you say this prayer and you believe it from your heart, I believe there's going to be a change. I know there's going to be change because you're going to come back into the kingdom of God. <laughs> Are you ready? Come on, pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to take my life. And I make you Lord. Help me today to live for you in the kingdom of God. And I promise you this, by your grace, I'll see Robert Hoover one day in heaven. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.